Well, Simon, it's hello to everyone as we return from our extended summer hiatus and cheerio, as this will be your final episode as co-host. That's right, Carla. All good things come to an end and my latest career move means I need to take a step back. So let's do this one last time. Absolutely. But to everyone listening, make sure you stick around to the very end of this show where you can hear a bit more from Simon about where he's going and where you can find him and also what's going to happen to the podcast moving forward. Welcome to episode 13 of What's Mops Got to Do With It, the marketing operations podcast that's trying to get to the bottom of where Mops fits in the corporate landscape. I'm Carla Wentworth, Chief Operating Officer at Intermedia Global. And I'm Simon Daniels, Principal Analyst at Forrester, speaking on the podcast in my own capacity. What do we have to talk about today? In this episode, our marketing leader guest is Eric Jan Van Putten, VP of Marketing at cloud-based e-commerce suite provider Dynamic Web. And taking up the marketing operations leader seat, we're joined by Danny McKeever, Senior Director of Marketing Operations and Technology at Precision Demand Marketing Specialists Integrate. And of course, we chat with our friend, independent stateside marketing operations consultant and principal at Mustang Martech, Courtney Makara, as we grab a virtual coffee with Courtney. Right, Simon. I've got the show topic today. Great. What are we going to talk about? Well, I was at an event recently and we had a, a lengthy conversation with some senior marketing leaders around how to keep up with the social demand to be a better business in terms of carbon footprint, carbon emissions, CSR, basically green policies. Um, This is a huge concern, um, a hot topic on some of the leaders' minds and certainly driven by what's happening out there, social media and generally in the news at the minute. So what I wanted to discuss with you was around being that, and let me see if I can get this quote right, again, I'll put some hashtag quotes in here, around Mm. 18% of the UK's total carbon emissions are attributed to commercial businesses and the target for 2050 to to get somewhere near um, net neutral. How is that going to affect MarTech uh, and marketing operations departments within these businesses? On on one level, that 18% doesn't sound very high. On another level, it's obviously absolutely unbelievable. Mm. So there's a mountain to climb. And clearly, on one hand, technology is 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 ultimately, I guess, going to be the answer. And you can certainly see how, um, <clears throat> excuse me, digital media is going to take um, you know carbon out of the uh, out of the process and out of the loop. But clearly, again, you know, thinking about things like cryptocurrency, we know that all those server farms and data centers. Uh, uh, burning electricity, which is obviously taking a lot of carbon unless it's renewable and, and what have you. So there's there's a, 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 a dichotomy there. All that said, marketing and marketing operations, as always, is in a prime location, I think, to make a difference and make a contribution and really look at ways of, of driving the sorts of behavior changes and efficiencies and adoption of appropriate technology to to get us towards those uh, those objectives is that is that what the conversation came up with that, that you were involved in some of it um i agree with you this is really going to be a martech and a marketing operations field for them to to sit up and and listen and and start thinking about right now i think the what was hot on the the minds of the leaders and they were all cmos ceos and and senior directors within large organizations was 
the pressure that they're going to feel to do something. And right now they're not doing anything. You know, in this technical world, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. And some of the conversations are around, are we going to have to hire specialists that can really help us to, to meet some of these statements around being net neutral? Well, and the thing is, though, it, it's important to recognise that it's by no means just marketing. So there needs to be a, a corporate-wide effort. And so really the question becomes as much as how does marketing and, and marketing operations engage with that corporate effort to make sure that marketing is, is doing everything it can and, uh, and, and making the right contribution. So I think what if, if that corporate effort isn't in place, then probably job one mm -hmm. for marketing is, is to go to you know, executive leadership, the board, and say, what are we doing about this? Well, look, if there's anybody out there who is particularly interested in how we push this forward or could give any of us or our listeners uh, some advice, we'd love to hear from you. Okay, well, with that, let's move on to our first guest. Right, it's time to talk to our marketing leader guest. So Simon, tell us who is joining us today. Thank you, Carla. And with us this time is another one of those senior marketers with operations experience who can provide an interesting perspective and perhaps some tips to uh, others in a, in a similar position making the same move. With extensive experience moving across a range of marketing functions at businesses, including Sitecore, please welcome to What's Mops Got To Do With It, Eric Janvan Putten, VP of Marketing at cloud-based e-commerce suite provider, Dynamic Web. Eric, welcome along. Thank you, guys. Uh, really glad to be here. I look forward to, uh, to at least give my part and my experience. So why don't we start literally with how you got to where you are, um, your your background. We, we sort of sometimes talk about the, you know, the marketing operations origin story. Obviously, you've progressed on past that, but maybe you can, you can tell us um, about that journey. Yeah, happy to. Um, so to start with, um, I have a, and that's a while ago, I have an, uh, a marketing and an IT degree. Pretty sure Windows 3.11 doesn't exist uh, anymore. It was, no, it, was all, it was all a while ago for, for many A years. while ago, right? Um, but the story there for me is I, I really have an, an, a knack and an interest into how technology can help uh, businesses succeed, grow. Uh, and there's so much to do on that. So from there on, my path did start as a field marketer. Um, was a field marketer first for the Netherlands, then the Benelux, which is uh, a couple of countries around us. Um, sl slowly growing that. And then there was an opportunity to go into corporate marketing, into uh, HQ, basically, as a marketing operation person. So they raised at some moment, we're creating this organization internally. Who wants in? Um, technology and marketing, fantastic, count me in. <laughs> Started there, built a team international uh, all over the place, uh, worked closely with HQ, with sales departments, a bit of IT, had a blast. Um, that was at Sitecore. At some moment was uh, interesting times. I was able to actually own all their online entities. Um, had a, a team of a lot of developers included in that. Loved the stand-ups, reduced the stand-ups with me because I didn't understand half of it. Um, and then I took it from there, became director of uh, marketing operations at uh, another pro uh, product information management solution provider. Um, and that landed me where I'm now, the VP of marketing at Dynamic Web. 
you, you've had a couple of different roles across, I think, product marketing and mm-hmm. uh, and then through into marketing operations. I mean, yeah. has that all been useful experience and you've been able to take aspects of that through through the, through those different roles? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I will absolutely consider saying that uh, marketing operations, uh, demand generation related, mm-hmm. so growth is still where a chunk of my heart and interest is. Um, I, I, I love this stuff. If you see mm-hmm. what technology can do these days to help grow organizations, uh, it's truly amazing. Right. Uh, and in a way, it's getting easier and more complica- complicated and complex these days even. But being able to talk from a field marketing perspective, a, a international perspective, uh, close working with product marketing, content marketing, CRM teams, I think that gives me a lot of foundation to be able to talk on a leadership management layer about what really matters. So tell us a bit more about Dynamic Web and and what you're doing now. I am the the, the VP of marketing at Dynamic Web. Um, Dynamic Web offers a cloud-native composable commerce suite consisting out of a CMS, e-commerce, product information management, and a marketing solution. Um, It's sort of the best of suite approach, but with a management API, so that we can actually make true on the composable part. Mm -hmm. Um, We are mostly mid-market enterprise oriented. um, And I believe strongly that our solution is great for mid-market organizations uh, working with ERP systems. Um, So, manufacturers, distribution, wholesale, that, that's really where we're good at with uh, Microsoft ERP. So Eric, you've been through some changes recently and the biggest changes that I have observed is that you've moved from a real hands-on marketing operations, a whole hands-on marketing operations history actually. Um, and you've already shown, shown us and told us that you like geeking out and pressing the keys like the rest of us. <laughs> and now you've moved into a really senior position. Can you talk us through how that feels and what those changes look like because there is a a gulf of difference or is there a gulf of difference between them there really is so there is quite a bit of difference uh, between focusing on the data being day-to-day rolling up your sleeves uh, feet in the mud compared to taking a a a management or vp layer kind of kind of role and the big differences are is that I think that company-wise at a management layer with the right support, you're able to actually make even bigger impact mm-hmm. um, than what I was able to do when I was rolling on my sleeves and have to do everything myself. Um, so it's a, a matter of impact that's absolutely much bigger. But that I know also- there was a book coming. <laughs> there, there is absolutely a but coming uh, because that is taking me away from some of the stuff I love. I love playing around with Zapier, uh, taking a look into Power Automate, making sure that the CRM data actually flows on time and correctly, uh, getting enriched by all kinds of interesting systems that you can hook up these days. Um, I love that kind of stuff. And sometimes I wish that I would be able to do that more instead of sitting in another half a day or day or two day strategy meeting. 
So are you, a, are you a complete nightmare to the people maybe in your team or across the company that are doing some of those things or are you, uh, are you able to, to leave them alone to get on with it? Oh, that's a tough one. And, and I have to dig deep on that one. Um, I often tell at least my team members that are in marketing operations mm-hmm. that I am not going to micromanage them. And I believe I'm not, uh, but I also tell them to maybe a little bit more than some of the other teams that I, that I, that I work with, like, can you evolve me? Because I just like this stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to keep in the trends what is possible. So I'm happy to discuss. I'm happy to, to sit and be silent in the corner. Um, so yeah, I, I do get involved with it because it is also still... It's not always the easiest. No. Um, and because I'm also, uh, partly because I'm also, let's call it management layer, mm-hmm. I am able to see things a bit more broad and translate that into the marketing operations team. Yeah. What uh, otherwise they might not foresee, right? Because I'm not trying to create a technical process integration that gets this next project done, but let's actually think further what becomes aligned with that thing we're trying to do in the next month, but what that thing can actually do in six months. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I could imagine um, <clears throat> that it, 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 in some respects, is the best of all worlds for, for, for your MOPS people because yeah, they know that they've got your support and interest and, and you know, buy-in at the same time as that strategic oversight and vision mm-hmm. and, and making sure that they're working on what what needs to be and focusing in the right place as opposed to um and i'm sure we've all been there um you know bosses or management who don't care what you're doing don't care what the problems are and, and yeah. just you know want it fixed yesterday and and don't don't come to me with problems kind of thing so um, it sounds like a, a pretty good situation. How do you keep yourself busy and curious then, Eric? Because, like, you know, I've been there. I've been in the same position as you when I've gone from hands-on into leadership management, get really distant from it. and But you need, you're still curious. You're still a geek. I am. So, so what, what do you do? Is this, like, something that you do in your own time? Or do you, as you say, get involved in, in any projects? Yeah, a combination of the things. Um so I work with currently our HQ is in, in Denmark mm-hmm. um, and they work from my eight to four o'clock. So I have seven to eight and eight to six for myself. Uh, and that is the time where I read, I play, I try stuff out uh, and I get involved as well. Right. Because some of this stuff is sometimes not the easiest um, I get involved and I spend a couple of hours with the team or the individual to let's go through this. And so touching back on what you just said there and, and, and a couple of moments ago with some of the challenges and problems, what, what are some of those things that, that you're facing in that regard? So the biggest challenges uh, that I've seen at Dynamic Web, but also the company before is quite in my opinion, quite classic for mid-sized company challenges. Um, We need to scale our demand generation because we're growing now 25 plus percent year over year. Um, That means is that the leads, you know, if let's say you have a hundred, the process can, when you have a hundred leads a month, 
you can have someone doing manually if you have to. Yeah. You know, take an email, take it into the CRM. Uh, that is doable. But if I'm going to scale from 100 to 1,000, that, that is something that needs to be automated. Um, so that is some of the elements where people, process, and technology really comes into play. No, that makes sense. And yeah, I think that automation piece and, um, you know, the, there are a lot of tools that can help with that. Because there's an extra element, if I may, uh, sorry, uh, take on, on that one, right? Because designing that in a PowerPoint, a Lucid chart or wherever, easy-ish. Mm -hmm. Uh, introduce that all at an organization that is fastly growing, you're basically doing maintenance and upgrading engine parts while being at cruising altitude. Not really something you want to make mistakes. No, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, there, there, isn't, there isn't much room for mistake. And um, how, how much um, experimentation do, do you do, would, would you say? Because that, that's often to that point of innovation and trying new things and, yeah. and not not getting stuck uh, stuck in the mud uh, but at the same time not wanting to to make a mistake and and you know put money where it's not going to have an effect do, do you carve out something to sort of try try stuff out and to try within marketing operations i kind of have to admit to try stuff out we're very open to it uh we don't do it enough Mm -hmm. uh, whenever we commit to certain projects, we do commit it from a kind of POC or MVP approach. Um, but even when we're building something, like I, I gave that earlier example, then if we're building something that's going to work for this solution, mm. let's also think at least for a little bit, like if this solution is working, how close are we to actually make this thing way better? And if that way better is only like a, a couple of extra hours, Let's yeah. make the investment. Right. right. Uh, so yeah, that that is something we do on a marketing operations uh, operations process systems perspective. Mm -hmm. um, we we have that approach. We test and we play with other solutions every once in a while, a little bit, maybe not enough. You know, there is a resource thing, uh, mostly time. For sure. Uh, there as well, experimentation in terms of, let's say, the whole ads and, 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 and lead gen, mm. that is where we do play a bit more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, <clears throat> do you, do you put investment into different, yeah, di digital spend or yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, con content and that, that kind of thing yeah. to, see, to yeah. see what works? So we are, uh, we are a B2B organization. Right. Um, and based on that, I think that what we're also doing quite a bit, uh, although now we're trying to go back a little bit, spending money on ad, uh, on, on ad platforms ranging from Google to LinkedIn can be crazy expensive hmm. uh, yeah. and a heck of a lot of work to manage correctly. Hmm. Um, so we actually took a bit more of a focus into, let's use technology to help us perform nurture automation and i will openly say linkedin automation uh, as well but we're not be we're not those guys that are sending you an email or a message on linkedin like hey i'm selling this do you have 15 minutes we're not mm -hmm. doing that well look i want to touch back on the the conversation that we were having around your your leadership role we've geeked out a little bit now if you <laughs> if you had some advice to give to any mobsters out there in the in the same position that are they've gone from um, best individual contributor 
and are now about to take a leadership role, what advice would you give? This is my point of view. This is my story. Um, so feel free to, to consider it or feel free to completely ignore it. Um, <laughs> but first of all, I would highly recommend decide what you want to do. Uh, because, you know, going into leadership often comes with tasks. Uh, and that ranges from the endless discussions about nothing to mm -hmm. leading a team and people management. And that is not something that's always the easiest. Imagine letting go of people. Imagine trying to guide people, making that right or wrong hire. There's always interesting elements to it. Um, if you decide that, then I would say, uh, commonly, when I am higher up the tree, I'm able to have a bigger impact with my general, but certainly marketing operations knowledge. And that is fun. Having a business impact with decisions that you're able to, to get buy-in for. Mm -hmm. um, and how to sometimes get there, you know, have an eye on what really matters, uh, which is often broader than your own backyard. So there's a there's a commercial orientation and yeah and a, big one bottom line results um, yeah which I think that that's the biggest one yeah right and that can, and that can be a step change because coming out of out of a mops role in particular which is which is very you know functionally orientated and um, getting stuff done and making sure stuff's working um, that that can be a, a step up for 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 sure um, absolutely. And even, I mean, I, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, you know, even the way that MOPS is measured in, in terms of its success versus the, the, the wider marketing function um, is, is different. So getting, getting used to that, um, if you make that step up, is, is going to be something, you know, might come as a bit, of a bit of a culture shock, I suppose. It is absolutely an interesting thing because, you know, geeking out within your, your tool set Coming up with the most awesome things that probably three quarters of the company won't understand. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, testing, trying, couple of points higher. Yeah. Everything is quite exciting. But going to a leadership element, though, is really how can we support the goals the company has? Mm -hmm. um, and then often also with an international company, how do you support that across the regions that are there? Because none of the regions are going to have all the same goals, all the same focus. There's got to be tweaks in each yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, and your yeah. process and everything needs to support that. Mm, for sure. Listen, we're, we're just about out of time. Um, let's, let's wrap up and sticking, sticking with, with the, the sort of the MOPS role and function, where, where do you, where do you see that going? Um, you know, both, both for dynamic uh, web, but also mm -hmm. what's, what's, what's the sort of the future and, and for, for anyone perhaps thinking that they're going to stick, stick with it, what do they need to be thinking about as a, as a MOPS professional going forwards? Right. Um, Marketing operations slash technology in general. So for Dynamic Web, I foresee that it's going to be one of the top two invested uh, departments. Mm -hmm. uh, we, need, we need to grow that one. Um, that, 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 that is it, I would say, for marketing operations uh, in Dynamic Web. In general, I think that... Um, we're going to have a refocus of let's make things more simple, which is also one of our company tags, simplifying e-commerce. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and I think that the time of having a gazillion tools hacked together is slowly going to find its way back a little bit. Less tools, less headaches, yeah. uh, less frustration. Um, and and that, that is something I think we will see going onwards a little bit more while some level of integrations continue to become easier. Mm. Um, you know, when I started, you have to hack it all together with code. Yeah. Now, half the time, it's a matter of dropping an API key somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but do you get all the data exactly how you like it? Do you get the data with the right fields, with the right transformations? Mm. We're not there yet with a lot of these things. Right. So I think that that will scale it up uh, a bit more. But marketing operations is here to stay. Well, that's good to hear. That's uh, <laughs> that's the message we can uh, we can end on, I think. Eric, thank you so much for your time. Really fascinating insights. Appreciate you speaking to us. Thanks for being on the podcast. Always. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, look forward to uh, following the next one. Absolutely. Thanks, Eric. Thanks again to Eric. Great conversation. Really enjoyed that. Always good to hear marketing leaders saying Mops is here to stay. I'm, uh, I'm fully in favor of that message. And I also resonate with um the, the keep it simple silly message so uh that's good good advice always eric would i'm sure be delighted to hear from anybody who is considering making the, the uh the transition from mops to marketing leadership so you can find him on linkedin links in the show notes thanks again to eric let's find out what's next <laughs> Moving on to our marketing operations leader, Carla, would you like to introduce who we're speaking to now? Today, we're lucky to have what I call an origin mobster. That's someone who, like her, Simon, have spent their entire career performing marketing operations role from the very get-go, uh, starting in web production at Powerhouse Oracle, then progressing through various marketing operations leadership roles from very familiar software solution providers, and now driving technology with precision demand marketing platform Integrate, Please welcome to the podcast, Danny McKeever, Senior Director of Marketing Operations and Technology at Integrate. Danny, thank you for joining us. Hello, all. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your exciting MOPS origin? Um, I know there's a there's a good background in there, so we're eager to hear it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, once again, thanks for having me. Um, Danny McKeever, Senior Director of Marketing Ops at Integrate. Um, my career started, like you said, in the realm of Oracle. Prior to that, I was PeopleSoft through that acquisition um, into Oracle. And there I grew up through the digital world, you know, basically working on PeopleSoft.com and Oracle.com. Um, and this is, you know, early 2000s. Along comes marketing operation um, as we as I moved into a company called Workday. Um, and I was lucky, lucky enough prior to, you know, the marketing automation systems to evolve. Prior to that, I was working very closely on a internal intranet site that supported our sales go-to-market motions. So by having some of the digital experience, now putting together websites that support this go-to-market, along comes marketing automation. And it was the first time, you know, marketing really has their first platform to work from. But in the back of my head, as I evolved my career, 
I was keenly aware of how marketing needs to help support, you know, the demand generation efforts and support the go-to-market and sales organizations. Um, while it's taken us a while to get there, because, you know, along comes marketing operations systems, we get our platform and we start sending emails and, you know, building scoring programs and all this exciting stuff. We weren't always perfectly aligned with sales. And even today, silos are a big deal. Um, so anyways, I evolved through, you know, the digital landscape into marketing automation, into ABM. And now I've been in the MOPS role for 10, 12 years. And it's funny, Danny, because, you know, everything, even your, I guess your first job, well, the first job that you've declared anyway, rather than maybe a paper round or whatever it yeah. was. But um, that first job, I, it's almost sits within marketing operations. Everything that you've done kind of sits in marketing operations. But mm -hmm. when when did you start recognizing that you were working in marketing operations? Is that very more recently? That happened, oh, I don't actually maybe 2010, because at Workday, you know, I was running Workday.com for the, the first half of my life at Workday, which I was there eight and a half years. About halfway through, I pivoted and we grew fast enough at Workday that it, we warranted the need of splitting kind of the digital from the, the operations. And that is really when it's, you know, where actually my passion grew, where I was working not only with the digital landscape, but also sales operations very closely mm -hmm. and understanding, you know, quotas and revenue and how is marketing helping to contribute to that and how are we helping move the needle? So that was, oh, you know, 2010, I was mm -hmm. very yeah. aware of being in the operations role. Prior, you know, prior to that is very much digital. It's, it was, you know, we were measuring on traffic and conversion rates, but we had, we didn't have detailed insights into once a form was completed, what happened to that person? We didn't really know up until 2010 or so. Then, then that became, we were doing spreadsheets back then, but we were building, you know, our demand funnels and spreadsheets to understand conversion rates by asset and understanding Mm -hmm. You know, are we reaching the right audience in this in those type? But it was still very manual. Yeah, which sounds like a pretty familiar story. And yeah. um, as as Carla said in 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 her intro, your your sort of origin story and journey into mops is is like much of ours, which is a little bit. You wake up one day and you realize, huh? I guess I'm yeah. doing marketing operations now. That's right. Um, that's right. So uh, that's and my first job was a paper route. <laughs> yeah excellent excellent but yeah but yeah so it's like 2010 exactly it's like i evolved from the digital world and you know digital nowadays it, and i would argue it plays even more important role in the entire buying cycle it's okay. with covid and everyone being online and nobody wanting to talk to sales you know marketing is almost it's it's here at Integrate, I am supporting much farther down the funnel than I've ever had before. So let, let's drill into that a little bit. And, and in actual fact, um, I'm interested to, to, to learn a bit more about Integrate and, and, uh, and, and what, what, uh, what the business does and, and your role there. And also, though, what you said there about you, you started off in digital and have ended up in marketing operations. I almost feel like that's actually an unusual way around to do it. Um, so 
Talk talk a bit about Integrate, just so that we can understand, um, you know, the, the business, as I say, and what you're doing there. And then, you know, that 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 should give the opportunity to talk a bit about that digital journey as well, I think. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I've been at Integrate just over two years now. I'm actually a four-time Integrate customer. So I've okay. used Integrate at three other companies before actually coming to Integrate. At Integrate, you know, we, to give a little marketing lingo, we call it precision demand marketing. Basically. The goal is, is to, to deliver the right content to the either the right person or, you know, you're moving the account forward as well at the right time, at the channel of their choosing. And that's the kicker. It's at the channel of their choosing. So at Integrate, we really do four big things. You know, we have a very large syndication network, so you can syndicate your content and Get your content in front of the right people at the right time against the accounts that you care about. And then we help with the governance, the data standardization, all that. So it's very important, especially in EMEA region with all the GDPR regulations. You know, we can deliver those people that, um, you know, sales wants to talk to. The second thing we do is digital surround advertising. So the ability to build a awareness, consideration, and conversion message based on the engagements at the account level. And those that two combination is actually very powerful. The ability to syndicate your content, surround the accounts with the right message to drive the engagements you're looking for. We also have integrations with your social platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, so that way you can advertise in a meaningful manner against those populations. And then lastly, we have a event badge scanning technology. So imagine if you're at your booth, typically what happens is you have a badge scanner, someone comes by the booth, you scan a badge, you know, after the event ends, you get a list. Well, that could be two days to two weeks at post event. We offer that through your mobile device, scan the badge, they go right into your system. Mm -hmm. And that time to value is huge because you can make sure, once again, you are delivering the right message to that person when they engage with you right then and there. Um, and that's, you know, moral of the story, as, as we've grown through the years, time to value, no matter what channel people are engaging with you, is everything. It's an interesting piece of technology, and I've seen it in action a couple of times, actually, but um, you, you mentioned a, a part of it, Danny, the, the sort of scanning your badge and, and getting details in that is exploding in the market at the minute. I've seen That's so right. many different tools that people are trying to get on. And I think it's because events are suddenly coming back and, That's right. and with all the bits of technology, just understanding how you can, you can get somebody into that system and start getting the meaningful content and, and interactions quickly. That's right. um, yeah, it's definitely a, a really valuable and popular piece of functionality. And so your your role though is 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 obviously marketing operations for for the business. To, to what extent is that a purely internal position, or are you actually kind of client facing as well and and helping to deliver that overall service? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and this is one of the reasons why I love working at Integrate so much. Is you know mm -hmm. traditionally at all the other companies work at, I was basically internal facing, you know. Yeah the world of mops and really we my team here at integrate does four things we obviously your traditional marketing operations role we have the pmo function business analyst function and then we also i also own the digital uh, landscape so those are the four big things 
Here at Integrate, though, I have an opportunity to be uh, to partner very closely with my sales team, as well as my product team, to help evolve the product and help move the needle with our prospects and customers. So yeah, it's very exciting. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely, and uh, it's it's a good opportunity to both you know practice marketing operations and, and some of those other disciplines but but also you know play it play it back and uh, yeah walk the walk and talk the talk it's um yeah. you know yeah. oftentimes people they want to know how are we doing it so like we currently are running what we call precision demand marketing workshops and right. and what that is is that starts from it doesn't start with what's your marketing technology stack it starts with how do you engage the buyer what's the process from aligning your messaging, your content, how do you work with product marketing, your rev marketing team, and how does marketing ops then make that happen across a technology stack? And then lastly, we roll it in. How do you measure all this? Like, right. how do you show business impact from either attribute, direct source attribution or influence? And then how do you make decisions on shifting your budget? Mm. So it's the entire end-to-end -end process of you know, getting out of your siloed ways within these organizations, you know, because oftentimes your digital team's doing one thing, your field of marketing team's doing another, your demand team's doing another, your social team's doing another, and then let alone your product marketing team, your SDRs and, and the sales. How do you bring that together into a meaningful experience from a content, a message, and an end-to-end -end process? So with the end goal, of being, you know, depending on the different programs we're running, um, we'll have different sets of goals. Some might just be, we need to drive awareness into these accounts and success looks like engagement from these accounts to, hey, we need to generate actually new pipeline. And that's what these programs to cross sell, upsell expansion exercises. So we have, you know, our goals will shift depending on the programs we're running. But at the end of the day, the, the thing that ties them together is building universal experiences for our end buyers because it's all about the buyer. And you mentioned earlier, Danny, the 14, four main areas you've got inside your, your marketing operations function. Mm -hmm. what, what does that look like? How many people is that? And what generally are they doing? What's their responsibility? So this is, you know, depending with contractors, right now it's small, six or seven people. Um, the operations folks are really focused on, you know, the execution of programs, anything from, um, so they're, they have their hands in their marketing automation system. Um, we use a technology called Hushly so we can build account-based landing pages and start to put together, you know, some loose experiences. Um, they, I consider them kind of the nuts and bolts plumbing of supporting the programs, making sure when stuff gets out and people engage, it's all tied together so we can get the, the metrics we need to measure. Um, the PMO arm of the team is really about how do we get work done within the organization from the concept of putting together a overall arching campaign, working with product marketing and what that is into we, we then roll multiple programs into a single campaign all the way through to, you know, the execution of it. So it's the complete end-to-end -end project management of these big programs. Mm. Um, business analysts, she's on my team, works with 
the rev marketing. And this is where we're really deep into revenue operations as well. And over the past three months, we've been doing in conjunction with RevOps, board level reporting. So we go all the way up. So we go board level, senior leadership team level, marketing level, and then what I consider as operational level. So it, I think about, you know, dashboards and, and reporting and those three layers. It, it's kind of like you have your operational and that's really for your mops, maybe your marketing teams to understand what are campaigns working? Is something broken? And then as you work your way up, I'll have like performance dashboards to understand where are you to goal? Are we on track? And then as you go the, uh, all the way up, you start to blur the lines between marketing reporting and sales reporting. And in a perfect world, you should be coming together on how is the overall organization doing to meet its, you know, revenue goals. So what about kind of, those? What about those freelancers and, and agencies that, that you mentioned, Danny? Is there many of them, and what are they doing? What's their role? Yeah, so I have um, an agency that supports all of our, you know, paid processes. Gotcha. Yeah. So they're dealing with Google PPC and LinkedIn ads, those type of things. And then I have a contractor support that is overflow for production. So what I call production, that's the building of emails and launching and maybe, you know, website tweaks, those type of things. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. That, that That's interesting. It's, it's always, it's always kind of intriguing and, and, uh, and, and quite constructive to understand how, how different businesses are, mm -hmm. are doing that. Um, so it sounds like, and, and yeah, I use that exact term as well, production of just getting yeah. stuff done. So presumably that's falling to your team um, and you're kind of taking briefs and, and, and building that stuff out within, right. within whatever platforms right. you're using. And then the yeah. last role I have is actually, it's the digital landscape. And right now I have an open headcount for one where it, think of them as, you know, how do I build, I like to consider the digital landscape as how do I build a better catcher's mitt? When people come in, how are we building the best experiences, understanding who they are and what's going on? So there's the strategy piece of that. Then there's the web development that literally building and, and coding of, you know, new widgets or pages or, you know, stitching technologies together. So I have a, a developer on my team that I've worked with for 20 years and um, mm -hmm. yeah, she's amazing. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting in itself. I was having that discussion recently with, uh, with, with somebody who, who was asking the question as to whether they should have a developer and, mm -hmm. you know, on, on the sort of mops team. And, you know, my, my perspective is that usually that's not the, the first role to have. Yeah. Um, right. But um, I think when you've got a team as, as, as built out as it sounds like yours is, you know, you get to the, to the point where that kind of, you know, bespoking or uh, customization and so on is, is really powerful to be able to do. Um, but before then, probably just having somebody who's really proficient in the, in the tools as a, as a kind of a super user is perhaps the best approach. Um, our, our time is, is running out already. Um, I, I wanted to just touch back on just as to almost acknowledge it. You, you mentioned kind of revenue operations and, and that relationship, uh, which is really interesting. Um, presumably, there's, there's just a, a partnership there in, in terms of delivering, as you said, that operational and, and board level reporting and so on. Um, how does that work? Does that, is that a function of where in the pipeline you're looking at uh, and, and the handover or, or is, there, is, it, is it not that simple? 
Yeah, I wish it was that simple. I mean, <laughs> from a weekly, you know, every week we're getting together with three key teams. It's the marketing ops, finance, and rev, rev ops. Mm -hmm. And we're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, what's happening, where are we going, how are we helping to move the needle? So, you know, like I said, we here at Integrate, I'm much deeper in that process. Even yesterday, we were having conversations around revenue planning for the next three years. Typically, right. your marketing ops is not involved in that level. But, you yeah. know, that's why we have such a good working relationship with our rev ops and our finance teams. And we have the ability to understand how is marketing moving the needle. We're invited to those conversations. We're invited to say, hey, if we wanted to start planning, how would you model out revenue growth over the next, you know, two to three years? It's for me, it's really um, powerful to be in those conversations because Absolutely. it's not about what is marketing doing versus what is sales doing. It's about what, what do we need to do as an organization? How do we get there together? Yeah. Well, it's definitely heartening to, to hear that you're in those conversations and that, you know, that MOPS has got a place at that mm -hmm. table yeah. um, because it's, 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 it's definitely um, the, 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 the kind of the way things are, are going, at least from a best practice perspective. So that's, uh, that's, that's really positive. So t turning back to your, your, your kind of client facing role and, uh, the, the, the role that integrate plays within, you know, clients, um, Martech stacks and, and so on. Um, what, what, how, how do you see, uh, integrate fitting in or integrating, um, pun, pun intended and, um, <laughs> You know, do do you do you feel that that clients have really got too much technology, and and they they should they should be focusing more on what it is they they really need? Yeah, that to me that's one of the biggest challenges of today. I can't, you know, I don't know how many with several dozen pieces of technology, and you know, it becomes a very heavy lift just to administer that alone. I can't tell you how many hours I spend just on doing contract renewals. Right. You know, I spend such a good portion of my life reviewing and which is if I could get rid of one thing, this is one thing I would get rid of is like, get me out of the contract game. I don't need to be there. It's a waste of my time and everyone else's for, in my opinion. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's a, it's part of what I need to do, um, yeah. which I'm, you know, fine with. But yeah, so I'm heavily focused on can I reduce? Can I get rid of one piece for another? Um, and, you know, integrate in our world helps to solve some of that. You know, I've always, like I said, four-time integrate customer. I've always considered integrate as part of my, what I, MarTech backbone. Um, yeah. And the reason being is I've always worked at companies where syndication is a major spend overall. We were spending tens of thousands of dollars every month on, on the syndication programs. You better make sure you're getting the biggest bang for your buck there. Yeah. So yeah. my backbone that I've grown up with has always been integrate, Marketo, Salesforce, then some sort of tool to enable measurement and then some sort of visualization tool to help tell that story. Well, look, Danny, we have once again run massively over time in the grip <laughs> of an interesting conversation um, when we're meant to be looking at the clock. Thank you so much for joining us today and, and just sharing a little bit about Integrate. We will, at, at the end of the show, pop in contact details for you so that people can get in touch if they do want to know any more about you or indeed uh, Integrate as a platform. But uh, it's been really great chatting to you and thank you very much for your time. Yeah, Thanks again, Danny. Thank you so much.
Thanks again to Danny. Really great conversation. Lots to get into there. I was uh, particularly struck by um, what he was saying about coordinating across marketing, which is a, a, a real crucial role for, for marketing operations, I think. So um, that's good to hear about. We'll put his links in the show notes. Should you want to reach out to, to Danny to uh, find out more about what he's doing or indeed how Integrate might be able to help you. And with that, I think it's time for a cup of coffee. And it's time now to speak to our favorite stateside marketing operations guru as we turn to Courtney Makara for virtual coffee with Courtney. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Enjoying my coffee and recovering from a lovely Labor Day holiday weekend here in the States. Trying to wrap my brain around getting back to work. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, We have our late summer holiday a week before you, and I added a few days. So on the one hand, it's lovely, and I was away, and we went to a little festival. Uh, On the other hand, it creates two short weeks, which is great, but then you have that thing of feeling really pressured either to get everything done before you go away or catch up with everything when you get back. So uh, Don't worry, team. I've been here holding the phone. Carla is basically doing the work of everybody else. What are your clients talking to you about? What's uh, what's coming up at the moment? Well, I kind of want to touch on the the next wave of technology that's going to be hitting us because I feel like I... I'm guilty of being a little heads down in my Marketos and my Salesforces and my HubSpots. And I keep hearing the murmurings about like Web3 and crypto and AI and machine learning. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I've been, you know, running webinars and doing smart campaigns and batches. Do I, do I need to learn about this other stuff? Do I need to pull my head out of the sand? Right, I'm curious, right. are you hearing about those things on your side of the planet? But aren't we the people that are meant to have all the answers? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Well, let's record this and put it out into the public domain just so people know we don't have the answers. We don't have all the answers. (laughs) I can talk lead scoring and nurture, but I don't know if I can talk AI. Well, but here's the thing, um, talking about lead scoring, and look, I I completely get where you're coming from, by the way, in in terms of, yeah, being heads down and getting the job done. And this is one of the things that's always kind of driven me a bit crazy with the vendors is that, you know, they're always saying, oh, you know, you should be adopting this latest thing. And and AI is, is certainly one of those. Meanwhile, most people are just still trying to get a multi-touch um, smart campaign or, or an engagement studio up and running and um, make sure that their data is in reasonable shape. So um, a, lo- a lot of this stuff is a bit blue sky. But lead scoring is a good example because, I mean, of course, um, there is such a thing as predictive lead scoring, um, which in a sense is a, is a form of AI. One of the things with AI is um, artificial intelligence is you've got that and then you've got machine learning and what exactly is the difference. Um, To a certain extent, a lot of AI is really just machine learning, aka um, algorithms, um, and and really just sort of statistical data processing, which is what um, uh, predictive lead scoring is. So I don't know whether that's something that you, you, you touch on. Well, do you know, it's funny you should say that, Simon, because I couldn't agree more with your statement of people just trying to get by. So I've been to a couple of events recently where we've talked about AI, but remember, like one of the first podcasts, and I'm not sure whether it was was even the first, it might have been the second um, podcast that we did in this series was with Joya Scarlatta, who came on right. and talked about AI. We've been talking about AI for five years, maybe longer, um, but companies are still saying that they're not doing it or they don't know enough about it. 
um, mm. or they don't know how to do it or, or are just trying to get by. And some of that is the basics in in AI of just automating some some stuff so that you can get some resource and and some yeah, time yeah. back, you know, let alone red red eyed cyborg bots uh, <laughs> coming to take over the world. Well, yeah, I think we're 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 a little way off that. Um, and I don't know the, about the, that though, Simon. There's a there's a university here in Oregon that has little robots that roam around campus and deliver. Food. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I've, I've I've done a presentation on them. I haven't seen them, but I've done a if look if you can get me a, a real picture of those, that would be awesome because I've, I've got yeah. a presentation with them in. But do they yeah. have red eyes? Yeah, they, well, I don't know if they have red eyes, but they they're the typical sort of um, Dalek shape, um, and they roam around sort of looking to see if uh, windows are open or intruders are there, and um, and they use them in airports and schools and car parks and and all kinds of stuff. They replace the police. They're fantastic. Well, this one is like replacing DoorDash. It's like bringing food and you have a little pin and you type in your pin and then the lid opens up and there's your, there's your sandwich or something. A few years ago now, I was involved with a, a conversational AI platform that would handle inbound email inquiries. So people would have would be able to send in an email thinking they were emailing you know, customer services or, or sales or what have you. And, and this AI would actually formulate a response, um, you know, based on the content of the inquiry, or you could program it uh, with a, a sequence of follow up activities. And then based on the response to each of those emails, like, hey, you know, would you like to speak to one of our sales reps about such and such? Um, if um, if if the, the prospect responded in in some particular way the ai would be able to handle that so you know it, it's it's out there it, it is real so and it's you know it's part of our tech stack so um it, it it i would suggest it is something that marketing operations needs to get to grips with um and you know as, as we're always saying and, and i think ultimately as as we said to, with uh with with joy um it, it it falls to marketing operations yeah it's well, funny because I, kind of I am familiar with like those kind of email responses or even chat bots and I've never thought of them as AI. I've thought of them yeah. as Martech. Yeah, well, well chat, you know, yeah, chat Courtney, that's it. That that's the point, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the whole yeah, the whole point is you you don't realize that the world is being taken over by AI uh and, until it's too late. <laughs> no, and I mean machine learning, AI, all of that. And we talked about, I think it was Joya that said, and you'll have seen it, you know, is this a blueberry muffin or is it a chihuahua? You know what you know what I mean when <laughs> I say that? A blue muffin? A blueberry muffin or a chihuahua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I Google, I have Google it if you don't. But you right. know, that's the kind of like an AI would be able to look at it and understand based on what an eye looks like and what even though they are very similar. Um, yeah. but you you can still fool some of that AI with that that. But talking about chatbots, Simon, and synthetic yeah. chatbots and right. chatbots that now I was chatting to a client the other day who said that we'd almost gone through this wave as when chatbots came, everybody thought they were amazing. Then everybody started to feel really um, aggrieved by chatbots because we knew that they were a bot. And all we wanted was a human at the end of our experience. And actually, yeah. it's almost gone full circle now where people have gone, I've accepted there's a chatbot. And as long as it can give me the answer I need, I'm OK mm. with that. I, yeah. I don't mind yeah. if I'm talking to a computer. All I need is a good experience. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I think the key thing there is that chatbots are, of course, another another form of, of AI. And um, yeah, they're potentially very powerful, um, although they can equally be incredibly stupid. But this actually reminds me that I've, I, I keep a little list of, of potential blog topics. And on that list for quite some time, I never got around to it so far, is um, is it is it ethical or just necessary to declare that the chatbot is artificial or i think it is maybe not necessary but i think it is the right thing right to do. no i'm i'm with you courtney I, I i tend to think that making people think they're speaking to a person when they're not is is a bit um not not quite right um because i think people would feel stupid if I don't know. They got to a point. May, maybe the conversation breaks down, and the and the bot can't handle it, and it turns around and says, "Let me go and get a person." It's like, wait, you're not a person. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. Um, the um the best marketing operations person in a business. If you if you ever play with a chatbot, if you ever ask it on a date, or you compliment it, um, you'll know the quality of the mops person by the answer that you get. And if you get an answer, you'll know there's somebody there with a sense of humor, knowing exactly. Yeah, what's going it knows on. how to play the game a little and, bit. And if it if it gives you to a human, then they weren't good enough anyway. Right, right, yeah. So, um, yep, there's a there's a world out there, and um, I think uh, I think it's for mops to get to grips with it. So my, uh, my best get ready for it then. I yeah. guess <laughs> do some yeah. homework. I need to yeah, get ready get, for 2023. Get your head out of uh, of those smart programs. <laughs> will do thanks so much Alrighty. thanks Connie see you next time thanks as always to Courtney and should you wish to have a chat about your marketing technology challenges then Courtney can be found on LinkedIn or at mustangmartech.com links in the show notes and that's our podcast. Carla, what's Mops got to do with it? Well, another two great guests for us this time. Let's start with what Eric Van Putten had to say. So Eric was a really interesting character. Um, and what I really loved around Eric's conversation was that he was coming out of what I like to call the um, star single contributor, individual contributor. Right. Um, obviously was very, very good at hands-on marketing operations and MarTech. Um, Self-diagnosed self geek, um, as are we. And then being recognised as that, moving into a management role, um, and I and I we we did talk a little bit off air with with Eric around, you know, thinking about whether that's what you want to be. Suddenly mm. go from that star player into yeah. into the leadership role, and it means you have to step a little bit further away from mm. um, hands-on marketing operations, which can actually be not very enjoyable for some people. Yeah, um, I think that's a key message, absolutely, for for any mops um, in, individual contributor or obviously mops leader is as to whether they do want to step away from that mm. and take mm. on some of the other aspects of marketing that they maybe aren't so familiar with and, and you know, ask yourself the question, is, is that what you want to be doing? And also, are you going to be good at it? Because mm. you can be the best individual contributor, but you may not be the best leader anyway. Yeah. Um, you get a chance to, to make a much bigger impact, obviously, to the business. So there's lots of things there. So that was an interesting conversation. But some of the things I took um, from Eric's conversation was around uh, reading, learning, playing mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. being curious in that marketing operation space and that's as a leader and as a, a hands-on but probably more particularly important as a leader to stay involved yeah um but yeah th there was another uh, reference in there and I, I wrote down the words and underlined it speak the language you know I've we say this in every podcast and I've also said it to a couple of clients over the last the last few weeks as well so um it, it's definitely an important topic 
So then after that great chat with Eric, we spoke to Danny McKeever. Um, Danny is our marketing operations leader um, with a very rich history of some, some great brands. Um, some a, a statement he said in his conversation that was really important to me was, we are now as a marketing operations function supporting so much further down the funnel than we ever have before. Um, and that means more data, more accurate data required, more analytics required, um, probably more specialist teams and, and individuals to, to get those answers and those results out of those campaigns. Um, we also talked around different marketing automation builds, um, whether we used internal marketing operation skills or external marketing operation skills. And that's a topic that's coming up quite regularly. I feel that that's a change that's happening now mm -hmm. rather than the maybe when we started the podcast, however many months ago now, Simon. Um, <clears throat> I think yeah, I'm feeling years. Yeah, and we should we should find out when it is. I'm sure we've got a birthday coming up. Um, but I found that very interesting as well, that there was some internal um, staff, marketing operations mm -hmm. experts, and then big agencies, again, seeing that happen much, much more now as marketing operations takes over, as I say, 80% of that, that marketing landscape. Mm. Can you even have it? all in-house. And then finally, on to our friend Courtney. Um, and Courtney's topic simply was around AI. And we've talked about AI numerous times. So <laughs> it's not a new topic to any one of us. But what we found ourselves discussing, I think it's really important to stop and ask ourselves is why are we still talking about it? Mm. Why are we not doing it? And actually, AI is our job. It is the job of the marketing operations, MarTech, um, member of staff and I think we should all get ourselves educated as much as we can learn as much as we can back to Eric test play learn um, and start getting this embedded into organizations rather than just the topic at conferences right yeah no we should yeah we want more case studies and, and less less blue sky indeed okay that's it there is no more Thanks again for listening to episode 13 of What's Mops Got To Do With It. Thank you to our guests, Eric Van Jan Putten, Danny McKeever, and of course, Courtney Makara. Check out whatsmops.com where you can find show notes and also listen to all of our previous episodes. You can also get in touch with us via the website and our LinkedIn page. It's always good to hear from you with feedback, comments, and suggestions for future episodes. Comment and rate us on your preferred podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe to receive the next episode in your feed and follow us on LinkedIn for regular updates. So goodbye from me, Simon Daniels. And goodbye from me, Carla Wentworth. So wait, 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 wait. I know we said goodbye, but we can't properly say goodbye without having a chat with the main man himself, Mr. Simon Daniels, who will be leaving the show um, Simon, we've already given the, the game away. The cat's out of the bag. People know where you're going. But do you want to just tell say us a bit more? Sure thing. Absolutely. And I'm only half the main thing or half the... Uh, half well, I didn't the... want to say that. but Well, I know. <laughs> you're too modest. But um, yes, a, a half at most and, and really a third, not, not forgetting uh, our friend Courtney. But yes, indeed, as mentioned um, in, in our intros, I'm taking up a role or have taken up a role at Forrester Research the uh, the market analyst firm and I'm an analyst in what we call our marketing operations strategies team so I will be looking at and continuing to look at the marketing operations market and practice and how people are going about it and what they need to be thinking about and looking at all the different aspects of technology and process and data and people and talent 
and all those good things. So it's um, more of the same, but instead of actually having to do it, I would just be telling other people how to do it. So everyone can breathe a sigh of relief knowing that you're still there mm-hmm. monitoring the world of marketing operations and advising the world yes. of marketing operations. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. And of course, the Forrester model is that you you have a subscription and you have access to our research and, and to um, our analysts, myself included. But there's there's plenty of good stuff to be had. Not, not, I mean, not to treat this as a promo, more as, as a treat it as a public service announcement. But you know, we blog, we we do webinars, um, we appear on other people's webinars and so on. And there's there's other you know other events and things that we do from a marketing perspective. So there's there's lots of ways of tapping in without having to actually be a a, a forest a, a subscriber. If uh, if you if you want to hear more from me uh, for some curious reason or indeed anything else that we have to say on the, on the topic. Oh, sure. And, you know, it's important for me to say in this last farewell, Simon, that it's been an absolute pleasure working alongside you. Likewise. And I'm confident that this is the not the last time we will ever be recorded together and hmm. certainly not seen together. So, uh, well, so a well, most friend for life. I look forward to hearing how you take it forwards and having the opportunity to participate in that in, in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. You'll be the first person that we interview. So for those that do want to hear a little bit more from Wops Mops and Wops Mops is not going away and it will definitely be here, but it will be slightly different. And it has to be because we haven't got Simon Daniels. So we will be delving into some marketing operations um, subjects, probably at a more deeper level. And there will still be the great interviews that we have with some wonderful guests. Um, and there will, there will still be lots and lots of banter and discovery around what we think marketing operations is. So there's plenty to still subscribe for. So I hope you will at least be a subscriber, Simon. Oh, yes, very much so. Very much. <laughs> but It'll until be... then. <laughs> Indeed. For the very last time, it's goodbye from me, Simon Daniels. And it's goodbye from me, Carla Wentworth. <laughs>